0: This is The Commute, a podcast specifically for Mike Zeke. Um, No, it's not really. I'm just leaving work, and I figured uh, we're going to try this thing where we record a thing and then see if it's terrible and see how the sound quality is and if I sound like an idiot who has no idea what he's talking about. But uh, this is The Commute, your podcast about digital media marketing and the internet and all things wonderful. I guess that needs a tighter tagline but I hate taglines. I was reading today of the best corporate taglines of all time and like, LinkedIn just wants to connect the world and empower users to discover jobs that mean the most to their community. And it's like, that's, no one else thinks that your corporate tagline is your tagline. No one knows that Google's is improving search to optimized functionalities and cross-reference. And you sound like a bad Silicon Valley character. But everyone does remember that Google said, don't be evil. And yeah, we're still recording. I don't know. Um, We had a technical issue earlier when I tried to record a video version of this, and... uh, Phone just died. Got about four minutes of high-quality video. Sounded real smart about Facebook and its implications for decentralization of the internet. And, uh, phone died. So, maybe we'll be investing in a new phone here soon. But anyways, today was Facebook's F8 Developers Conference. The big takeaways were, as expected, Facebook Instant Articles and live video. What's interesting was there's been some backlash against Facebook for these Facebook Instant Article pushes. It's decreasing referral traffic, as in owned and operated sites are seeing less traffic coming back to them from Facebook, which is, of course, exactly what Facebook wanted to happen. They want users to stay on their site because it provides a better user experience and gives Facebook more data about what those users want to see. It also allows them to sell more targeted advertising at a higher CPM and make more money. If they're then giving you a rev share, the thinking is publishers will make more money allowing Facebook to sell the ads than local publishers will be able to do on their own or even possibly even national publishers depending on their reach and again the CPM. However, This kind of defeats the owned and operated purpose and uh, does not provide the user experience you would call the best user experience Uh, on your own site you want to be providing more of your information more links back to your owned and operated and more links to purchase your content or your items or basically make no mention of your competitors. And obviously this isn't the best user experience, as Facebook would see it, and honestly as a user would see it. If you're on Pepsi's website and Facebook uh, knows you prefer Coke, there's no way that would get mentioned on Pepsi's website. But if you're viewing Pepsi's Facebook page, possibly a sponsored ad will be, hey, have you tried Coke lately? And I think that is what people want in the end now again this comes back to a decentralization question is that long term the best thing for users and for the internet to have one person holding all this data and aggregating it and repurposing it to provide what they think is best for users no but is it better than what we currently have maybe and it's hard to programmatically determine that with data if you don't have the amount of data that facebook has it's interesting to note that Netflix intentionally doesn't collect a lot of data because they feel that their content should be able to reach specifically geographically across borders, which makes sense. You would want to be able to launch Daredevil in 30 countries with translations and subtitles rather than Daredevil in one country and Spider Man in another and all these other spin off series. It's a lot easier to go bulk when you think you can go bulk. Now the question is, what if people don't like Daredevil? Maybe I'm mixing my metaphors too much, but the question is, how do you provide the decent centralized niche content to the internet if Facebook is the one funding it all? And maybe the answer is a rev share through Facebook. In my mind, I think the ideal structure is still distributing and marketing on Facebook, but always maintaining an owned and operated platform that you can curate to your liking and by the way, you can get Patreon sponsors or Kickstarter sponsors to help create that content and still market against it on Facebook or YouTube or all those other platforms where you get a rev share. Uh, I think there's going to be bigger growth in podcasting as well. One of the big complaints about podcasting is that they're called podcasts. It feels a little unprofessional, even though, as I saw a smart person at Nerdist say, there are massive smart podcast networks that are not struggling to monetize those networks. So... As usual, there's no clear answer, but that's uh, where we're at today. As I mentioned, this podcast is called The Commute because it is my commute on my drive home. So if you hear me pause, that's probably because I'm merging and changing lanes. Also, I'm not a good driver, so if we regularly do this podcast, you will likely hear me get in an accident at some point. Uh, This guy's coming up a little fast, but that's okay. We're all friends here. Um, And I would like to get in front of this guy as well. Hey, look at that. We did it. So... The other big takeaway from Facebook FA today was messaging and bots. I'm a huge proponent and fan of messaging and bots. I think you want to fish where the fish are and reach your customers where they are. I think messaging is a great seamless experience for a user to say, oh, you know what? I was just talking about that thing. I would like to message. Nike and say, yes, buy me these shoes now, thank you. The ones I was just discussing, I can copy and paste that information. Or I think longer term, you would add the bot to the conversation where for example, I would say to my wife, hey, I found this shirt for this price, should I buy it? And the bot can listen in on the conversation, that portion of it and say, hey, we can actually find the shirt in red for 10% off. Is that something you would be interested in? And if I and my wife agree, it can automatically purchase it for me from funds, joint to that conversation. Uh, I had mentioned this on Medium earlier to, not an actual response. It always feels on Medium that it's real responses because I'm so used to inflated internet metrics that getting one real human being liking something is like, oh, someone actually took the time to read that which is a separate conversation. The bot thing uh, is ideally, again, I'm a huge fan of Bitcoin. So ideally you would have pre-funded addresses for all these pre-selected groups or create them automatically. There's a smarter word for that. You're generating a public private key, an address essentially that people can then fund and itself can then fund say, buying the shoes that you and your wife discussed were a good purchase, or the shirt, or if it's a group of guys, it could be, hey, movie tickets this week, everybody fund the Dude Bro account, and if one guy happens to, you know, get paid twice this month, three times this month, he can fund more into Dude Bro account, and then the bot will be able to tell you, hey, tonight's actually on me. I think it's a really cool idea and I'm not expressing it well because it's hard to get engaged when you're also driving, but it allows you to get that sort of stream of consciousness rambling down that I think is a good use of time when you would otherwise be just focusing on the road. I think it's less distracting than being on a phone call as well because you're not trying to keep up a conversation. You're talking to yourself. And I hope that comes across to podcast listeners of why it's a bit rambly. Now, Mike Zeke the only listener of this podcast, likely, also suggested calling someone or carpooling with someone so that there's a guest in the car. I mean, that gets a little close to comedians in cars getting coffee, which Jesse Baltas and I had tried to create years earlier asinine conversations of just uh, driving from Chicago to Wisconsin for a wedding. We were essentially making bite-sized content out of a six-hour drive and just cutting up. It was an interesting experiment that could have been better, but um, yeah, I think there's something there, and I think there's something to... there's so much content being made that you have to, at a certain point, accept that most of it is going to be crap. Now, the key there, then, is curation and discovery. How do you decide what's good? How does the audience decide what's good? And is it worth cutting a, say, 10-minute podcast into five-second chunks? Is it worth listening to a 10-minute podcast to then write a one-page medium article that you then read as a 30-second anchor article? This ideation, curation, creation process is only going to accelerate as more and more people have uh, more and more desire and ability to be heard, and I think One of the more interesting things is why do people want to be heard? There's an innate human drive to be heard and understood, but there's also build your brand, which people have been telling journalists for years, but it now applies to digital marketers, obviously, and, you know, dentists. The social media presence of most dentists doesn't matter until people decide that you killing a lion crosses your line as a dentist. I still am not sure why that was such a big deal, except for the fact that. I don't know, I don't particularly like killing lions, but it doesn't really apply to him being a dentist. And the fact that it then immediately crosses back over into Yelp reviews damaging his business and his bottom line. Now, of course, the internet forgets about it and there are digital PR teams who'll go in and clear that stuff up pretty much uh, after the fact. But when you get memed like that, when you get the Barbra Streisand effect of trying to cover it up, that stuff never goes away. The internet doesn't forget. So we covered a lot here today. I'm not sure any of it was interesting, but uh, I'm pulling onto my street right now. This podcast was brought to you by Mailkimp, a non-existent company. But if someone didn't buy the Mailkimp domain to try to make a parody of the podcast or try to make a quick buck, they should have. Anyways, this is Chris Single pulling into my driveway. My wife's already home. We'll pretend this didn't happen because sometimes I think she thinks my projects are crazy. And she's right. Anyways. This has been The Commute. See you next time.